excited. I don't even know why I'm laughing already. But anyways, um, I have an incredible guest on the show today that is funny beyond funny and is incredibly talented and has written a show that is called Swiped the Musical. And I literally cannot wait to tell, to have her tell you all about it because it's our story, not our story personally, but like if you're of a certain age, it's our story and social media and um, romance and all that nonsense. And she is a singer and a pianist and just an all around hilariously wonderful person. Um, Elena Bernardi, I'm so excited you're here. How are you? I'm so good. I'm a little under the weather, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> it's okay. I won't make you do a lot of high singing. It's okay. <laughs> okay. So tell me, oh gosh, where do we even start? As Julie Andrews says, let's start Yeah, where do you want to start? <laughs> so I don't know that we should jump into swipe to just yet, because that is literally going to take over half the conversation, and I can't wait. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. everybody has for to sure. wait for that. Um, yeah. You are a singer, you are a writer, you are a pianist. How did it all start? Um, okay, cool. So I always like had notebooks and wrote lyrics, and um, that was something that always was just like a self-expression of mine. And then my mom played piano, um, like semi-professionally. She would accompany for like violinists playing competitions at the middle school and stuff. And she put me in lessons when I was like seven. So then I started just to like understand music on a deeper level. Yes. And then, of course, I know this sounds so basic, but I like heard um, Phantom of the Opera when I was like around that age and then had her like accompany me on every single one of Christine's songs when I was like eight <laughs> years old and like sing Phantom of the Opera. Like saying it out loud, I'm like, that's not a normal thing. <laughs> but like that was my life. Oh my God. And, um, so I think I kind of went the direction of like writing um, more contemporary songs and just finding like a medium there because I didn't, I mean, I think I, you can tell me your opinion on this because I talk about this a lot and I'm sure you've heard me talk about it, but like, I think that since there aren't a lot of women composing musical theater, we don't even see it as like a trajectory. Like it, it I just started writing it like two years ago yes. or a year ago or something. Yes. Yeah, but I guess you'd say, like, two years ago. So, um, I guess that's... So, so anyways, I don't, I started writing songs after, like, I fell in love with music, and then I was writing lyrics, but my dad used to read science fiction novels to me while my mom would be playing to me, like, every single evening. Mm -hmm. And so, I... Um, I think that maybe that's where kind of, like, my musical theater love came from, just because... Um, it's like that storytelling with music that I'm super, super passionate about. That was a bit all over the place. But no, but I love it. I there. So, yeah. God, you do it all, though. Like, I don't feel like people understand. You literally do it all. Yeah, I And do. you <laughs> do it on... <laughs> it sounds so dirty. You do it on Facebook, and uh, mm -hmm. you post videos a couple times a week, which I love, and I shamelessly watch and the subway of New York City, and I'm, like, smiling like a fool, and everybody knows yeah. I'm probably creepy because it's New York City. Nobody smiles. Um, <laughs> so what made you want to put yourself out there like that? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think I've always loved 
I've always loved social media. I always loved it as like a way to express myself. And um, I guess I'm a bit like fearless. I'm like as like a character trait. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I, so I think that maybe that's what come, that's where it comes from, where I just kind of like, I don't care. I'm just going to do this. And I think there's also another level to it. And you being a musician will understand this. Like these old, amazing songs, people need to be hearing. That's kind of how I feel about a lot of it too. Say it again. Say it again for the people in the back. Oh my God. Yeah, like people need to be hearing this music. Like, or I've like I obviously you've heard like I've been just obsessed with Berlin the past couple of weeks. I have this like Berlin songs book, and it's just like I'm just like the writing is so conversational. It's yes. so amazing, and um, I just I I because lo- I have a big like musical theater like fan kid like fan base. That's like what I've built on Instagram and. Um, when they hear stuff like that, they love it, but they have to hear it, you know? Right. I think it, stuff is timeless. So there's like the, there's that to it too. Well, there's a part of me that's like, I don't care. I'm just going to do this. And then like, also like, I feel like it makes the world a better place. The, you know, it's so interesting you say that because I actually wanted to ask a question of you. This is the best segue ever. So I feel yeah. like we're at a certain age. I hate saying that phrase, but like I might as well accept yeah. it because it's not going to happen. Um, that we are losing, this is where I now feel old. We are losing kids that want to learn the classics. There's a lot of like, I was teaching a musical theater class not too long ago. And I was like, so yeah. let's pick a classic song for your book. And they're like, great. How about The Wizard and I? And I was like, oh, no. Are we there? Like, that's what you think a classic is? Which, like, it's a great song. Don't get me wrong. But I'm talking, like, Cole Porter, Irving yeah. Berlin, Gershwin. Do you feel yeah. like we're losing that? Okay, so I, I also am a music educator, and I don't know if you saw that. So I, I, worked, I worked, too, with, with kids. Um, I didn't feel like it because I made them learn it, but I don't know what other teachers are doing. Right. I think it's got to be like a it's, – it's two things. So first of all, the kids actually have to have the access to music education, which, you know, in some, in some districts – that might not even be happening depending on um, the kids socioeconomic status and stuff and, 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 you know, the ability of the school to have arts programs. And then, yeah, you have to actually have teachers that are going to nerd out on this stuff and not just be on autopilot with the wizard and I. Yeah. It's, it's so fascinating because I was, again, was in the studio with someone at a, in Midtown, we were just rehearsing through her book and whatever. And she, (laughs) She and I are really good friends, so I can say whatever I want to to her, and I'm interviewing her in a couple days anyways. And I said to her, what is wrong with your book? And she's like, what do you mean? And I said, there's nothing, not nothing of substance, because I think people are writing some incredible, incredible pieces, and they're... I think so, too, so I'm not even going to knock modern-day composers. No, they're fantastic, but there's also something to be said of, like, you really should have at least one Irving Berlin, George Gershwin... Uh, uh, oh gosh, Sheldon and Harnick, whatever, all of those great composers, uh, Richard Rogers, Rogers and Hart, you should have one of those in your book. And she was like, well, they don't inspire me to do anything. And I said, right, but without 
those composers, the composers that we have now, such as Pasek and Paul and Lin-Manuel, those are the shoulders on which they stand. So we wouldn't have any of that if it weren't for Rodgers and Hart and Rodgers and Hammerstein and Meredith Wilson and all of those great composers. Okay. Oh, I was playing through Teal There Was You last night. That's like my next song. Yes. So good. Um, So this is a good, this is a good question though, because you said something where you said that she said they don't inspire her. But that's my question. I'm like, how could, how could Irving Berlin, when you hear the music, not inspire you? Right. I don't, I think that that's what I don't understand is it's like, as people who are music, you want to be a well-rounded musician. Completely. Um, and why is there not a drive to do that? I don't know. I, it confuses me. But again, like, and there's nothing wrong with the composers that we have. I think Drew Gasparini and Ryan Scott Oliver and Scott Allen, they're all fantastic. And of course, Pascal oh, and yeah. Paul, who are Jeremy Hansen and all that stuff. They're but they, all incredible. like you said, they all started doing what we do, was nerd right. out on that stuff. And it, it's so, they they still do. And it's so interesting to listen to Lin-Manuel speak where he talks about, you know, just nerding out over a Sondheim show or a Sondheim lyric. That's really where he got his love for musical theater and his song weaving abilities is just listening to Sondheim weave a story. And as much as his songs are difficult, boy, oh boy, are they so deep and so incredible. So I love that we agree on that. Yay. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, maybe maybe people just don't get exposed in the correct way or something. I don't know. Well, I think for every Broadway season, how many classic shows do we have? And I'm not even talking like Phantom because Phantom's always on. But we had uh, uh, My Fair Lady. And then we had, mm-hmm. you know, we don't have a lot. We had Carousel, which was beautiful. If you got to see it, it was incredible. Um, oh, well. But we, I just think so much of that in my book. Right? <laughs> I love that show. So we much. just don't have enough of <laughs> of the classics being done. That's my that's my soapbox, and I'm sticking with it. So now, yeah, maybe that's what it is. So it's not presented. I think people like things when they're and I do this with marketing online and stuff like that. People things have to be presented like they're cool, like they're fresh, yes, absolutely. You know, and if they're not, then it's like people are like, oh, I'm not into it. Absolutely. So you, oh, I like you. We're going to be friends for the rest of our lives. (laughs) Yes, Um, so excited. (laughs) Where did you go to college? Tell me about that. Michigan State. Yeah, so cold. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I did did a music ed degree there. Um, I uh, studied classical voice and it was great. I learned, you know, I, it really helps me now with all of my composition. Mm Mm-hmm. And so what was your profession? Sorry, I have to re-ask that question because that was a horrible sentence. What was your first professional audition? Oh my gosh. I don't even know. Okay, I'll ask a different question. Yeah. Do you remember bombing an audition and walking out of it and going, oh my God, this is horrible. And you've either booked it or it's just something that you'll never forget for the rest of your life. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Last year I auditioned for Frozen. (laughs) At Disney. (laughs) I'm already ready for this story. 
Yeah, well, of course, knowing me, right, I sing, it's a Frozen audition, and I go in there and sing I'll Be Seeing You. (laughs) (laughs) Which is no F given, like, whatsoever. Oh, my God. Like, I don't know what happened. Like, the pianist, I don't think it was her fault, but it's like, I, like, somehow came in on the wrong key. Or, like, no, I started with the wrong words. No I way. I started with, like, the second half of the song and not the first half. And so then I, like, stopped and I, like, went back. But then I was, like, all confused. And I was just, like, they were just, like, okay, thank you. I'm, like, and I, like, prepared Let It Go and everything. No, wait, wait a minute. You prepared Let It Go and you still sang I'll Be Seeing You? Well, they didn't want to hear, they didn't. They didn't want to hear the songs. Like, they didn't want to hear Anna's or Elsa's songs. They oh, wanted you. to hear a song from our book. Okay, that makes sense then. I was like, you literally prepared it, and then we're like, nah, I ditched this. <laughs> I'm going to sing I'll be seeing you. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you ever look back? And then, you on- know, what's crazy, though, about that day is I had an audition that evening at 8 p.m. For like um, an Andrews Sisters special show at Glendale Center Theater here in LA, and I booked that. Oh wow! Congratulations. I think it sometimes it goes like that. You just have like a really crappy experience, and then you just pick yourself up, and you're just like, okay, great, we're gonna do this. <laughs> do you? Gosh, is there advice that you can give to young professionals in the audition process of their life? Uh, yeah. Okay. This is my advice. Learn how to actually sing. <laughs> none of this like belting without a clue okay oh like understand your voice yeah so I don't know if that means that people have to study classical music for a little bit or like you know really understand their belt understand their mix understand your head voice understand your whistle understand your low 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 deep low like you have like so you're not going into an audition room confused about your instrument right um or just like walking through life claiming to be a singer confused about your instrument. Um, and that takes training. I mean, my, my teacher is like an hour away. The lessons are two hours. It's like a four hour excursion for me to go to my teacher, but it's like the most worth it thing ever. Um, and then the second thing is I usually do this. I just like walk in, like I've already gotten the part. Mm -hmm. I just walk in and I'm like, you're the best thing in my mind, like, the mindset I hold is, like, you're the be- I'm the best thing you're going to hear all day. Like, you're not going to hear anything better. You're not going to see anything better. So and, good. you know, it's worked a couple times. That's so fantastic. It's worked a couple times. Yeah. Oh, my God, I love you. Um, <laughs> it, has there ever been a moment where it just wasn't worth it anymore? I know we both kind of have music education backgrounds and things like that. Was there ever a moment where, like, auditioning and auditioning and auditioning, and you were like, you know what? I'm out. I can't. I can't do it anymore. Okay, so this is actually a really interesting question. I have a very different experience than most women, um, or I guess any musical theater actor would have, because I am uh, also a theater producer, and I don't know if you saw that at all when you were doing research, but I started I have done all the research. I can tell you things that you're like, why do you even know that? I have done my research. Thank you very (laughs) much. (laughs) Okay. All right. So, yeah, so I started my own theater company when I was, um, I was like 2018. (laughs) 
No, 2016. 2016, it was 2016. And we did, like, this revival of the Gilbert and Sullivan show, yes. which I love so much. And, okay. like, I... I, because I do that and we did this, oh my goodness, we, I have to talk to you about this offline too, but we did this show called, um, carry that tune hit songs from flop musicals which yes. like, was a review show about all these songs from flops. So we did like merrily we roll along. We did like, um, uh, Mac and Mabel and just all like the, the cool flop musicals. So, uh, subways are for sleeping. Um, so, so, so because I had that, it like never occurred to me as like a drag. I just like fell deeper and deeper in love with the art. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it always, to me, it always was like, well, if I don't want to audition for a project, I won't, I'll just put my energy into producing something. And I, uh, I, mm. you probably saw online too. Like I love fundraising and stuff. It's just like, not a, I love the art. Like I love the I love the game of like being mm -hmm. an artist you know where you're like putting yourself out there and you're promoting and you're getting people inspired to donate to you and be patrons like I love that so um and then it's like that whole all of that went to like the next level when I wrote my show because then it was like well now I'm just gonna write show screw all of auditions <laughs> so That's but it's so not funny. it's not like I don't audition but it's like but it, it, it is the kind of thing where if, if I see the sound of music, I'm going to go audition for that. But right. it, I'm not like, I'm not, um, I'm not so focused on just like hitting up every audition. Right you, you've learned to hit up the auditions that are important for you to go to. I feel like that's. Yeah. I have and also some... I'm like a specific type yes. too, being like a dramatic soprano and, you know, having a big personality and being a character actor. Not that I don't play on Janus, but like. I'm, I'm just not going to waste my time on, um, I, on roles where it's like, it would just be kind of a crapshoot because right. I'm so tall and do have such a big voice and it is a specific thing. That's incredible. Yeah. I love this. And again, we've alluded to it, but I'm not going to talk about it just yet because I can't wait to talk about it, but we're going to talk about your show in a minute. Um, okay. What's the first Broadway show you saw? I haven't seen a Broadway show. Great. So when are you coming to the East Coast? <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm thinking I probably should just book the theater because I want to do Swiped. Um, I'm thinking February. Okay. Well, when you book and you figure out your plans and you need a social media person so that you can do your work and I can... Oops, sorry. The eye slipped out, but I totally meant me. Um, let me know. <laughs> I'll be here. I live here. So I'm happy to do that. And then we'll just go to a Broadway show. Yes. Preferably not Phantom because I've already seen it. Uh, sorry. It's uh. <laughs> okay. I've seen Phantom like three times. Just not like a touring company. That's yeah. Because okay. I was raised in Detroit and then I moved out to LA and then I've been to New York, but I, I haven't been to New York since I like started my theater company and got really, really deep into that. Got you. Okay. Yeah. So who are your musical influences? Jeez. Um, let's go deep. Let's go back in time. Okay. We'll start there. So like Puccini. Okay. I mean, come on. Um, honestly, Mozart in some senses too. Uh, 
So I'd say like Mozart and Puccini, I've like felt a lot of their inspiration as I wrote Swiped. Um, and then if we go like further in time, I love like Debussy and Chopin, Tchaikovsky. And then obviously Gershwin and um, Berlin and uh, just like all, I mean, I, I just, I could, I could list it, but all like the classics, Porter, all that stuff. Um, and then, uh, and then I'm really inspired by the sixties and the yes. writing in the sixties. Um, so like I, I could nerd out on like, um, um, uh, Bob Dylan's writing and, uh, and Johnny Cash and, yeah even Elvis and, um, uh, Joni Mitchell. Oh goodness. I love Joni Mitchell so much. So all of those like kind of classic rock writers from the sixties that were like really writing about deep social issues. And then, um, and then like when I was in high school, I really loved like pop punk stuff and like how they would write about like things that they were Thinking about, I, I really like intellectual and like introspective lyric writing. Um, so I love that kind of era of mm-hmm. like pop and pop punk, and even some of like the punk bands of the '80s. I loved that. It's so rock and roll. Absolutely. And then, obviously, like near and dear to my heart are like the pop divas. Like, give me some Mariah Carey and some Beyonce and some Taylor Swift and some Ariana Grande and right. like newly obsessed with Lizzo. You know, I love pop divas and Sarah Bareilles of course I think she's a pianist and Ingrid Michaelson those like more um piano singer songwriting women like influenced me stylistically a lot being a piano player even though I had to kind of like accept the fact that vocally they're not good models for me um (laughs) because it's just too it's it's too it's just too much in a low register and it's just not good for me right I need to I yeah I I I mean I think that that was like one uh, one thing that I just came to terms with was is like, Elena, you want to be like a cool artist, but like you just have the voice that you have where it's like a soprano voice. And like, how do we like, how, or, yeah. Like how do I create stuff that like shows that off, but still is like hip and fresh, which is what I'm obviously doing now. So that's so um, awesome. I think that's like it. And then like, uh, like I, I would say like as vocal influences, like I love Sarah Brightman and Audra McDonald mm-hmm. and, um, Kristen Chenoweth. Um, I just think, I think Audra McDonald just, it's like, I aspire to just sing as technically correct as she sings. Do you oh. understand what I'm saying? Yes. Like, Audra McDonald can do no wrong. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like true. she sings so perfect, like technically. And, you know, I think that stuff like that, is like a reason why her career is where it is, mm-hmm. where she just like will sing a beautiful forever. <laughs> and I love like um, also like opera wise, like I love Renee Fleming and yes. Natalie Desai and Deanna Demerel. Now, have you gotten to meet any of your heroes or sheroes, if you will? Um, yeah, actually, uh, I am friends with um, Tim Minchin. Okay, uh, and he was. Uh, I, I really, really started nerding out on his original music prior to listening to Matilda. And I just love the same thing. He's like intellectual and introspective and funny and honest. And I relate to his writing style. Um, and uh, yeah, I, uh, I ended up coaching his um, kids. Wow. A couple years ago. Okay. Yeah. 
What's the best advice you've been? That's fantastic. Like, what's the best advice you've been given? What's the best advice I've been given? You know, I'm just going to go super simple with it. My dad always says, put one foot in front of the other. Yes. It seems so basic, but it's so true, especially in this industry. Like, sometimes we just got to Really important. I think it's baby steps. Just chill and do it. That's my, that's yeah. I, I mean, when I had to transcribe my show for my arranger, he's Michael Armstrong. He actually like, um, did a lot of the harmonic quality of swiped. Mm-hmm. And, um, it was like, I was like, are you serious? I have to write out all these melodies. He's like, you should handwrite it and you should learn how to do that. I was like, God, Ooh. but you know, it was like one foot after the other I was like okay and I sat there and for three or four hours every single night a month and a half before the show I wrote out like a song a night and then we gave wow. it to somebody to put in Sibelius you know awesome. just so I would learn because he was like you got to learn how to do this so yeah that's awesome so what is the hardest lesson you've had to learn Um, if you don't take yourself, if you don't take care of yourself emotionally, um, and spiritually, and if you're not always trying to like improve the state at life at which you're living, it's going to be really difficult as a performer in this industry because so much of performing, like you're having to like give yourself to the audience and if you are messed up on the inside, spiritually or emotionally, like it's going to be really difficult for you. God, that's so good. Yeah. So then with that being said, I feel like there's no better segue than that sentence. Because (laughs) we, we are at this certain part of our lives where we are not necessarily 19, and not yeah. necessarily nope. 25. Yeah. Nope. But uh, somehow have to find happiness in life. And this world in this age in 2019, finding happiness in life is uh, all about the dating apps like Hinge and Tinder and Bumble and OkCupid and all these people oh that now gosh. should, like, uh, Plenty of Fish, eHarmony, Oh God, J date. There's all these things, and yeah. you have taken all of that and yeah. have, <laughs> have created a show. And the show is called Swiped the Musical. And I'm just gonna say one word, and then I'm gonna let you take over. Go. <laughs> <sighs> um. Okay. Yeah. So Swipe to the Musical is a one woman musical comedy operetta about online dating. Um, but it's really about like self-love and self-discovery. Um, and, uh, it is loosely based on true events in my personal life. And, um, I started writing it in January and I premiered it at the 2019 Hollywood Fringe Festival. We performed eight shows and then we were extended. So we performed two more. I just did a run in um, the OC. I did um, 
like a four, 25 minute set or something for two weekends. And then, um, I just did it again at another stand up night recently. Cause that's what I've been doing. Cause it's basically one woman musical stand up. So <laughs> <laughs> I go to places with like a bunch of comedians and sing swiped. <laughs> yes. So what were you going to say? Oh, oh no, I was saying like, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Yeah. So it, you say it's loosely based on your life. Now, yeah. is that like loosely based on your life, but in theory, it's like really your life? Oh, um, no, I mean like the accounts, there's three accounts of three different, um, relationships and, um, there are two accounts that are pretty accurate. It's like, you know, it's like an overly dramatized version of what actually happened. <laughs> and then one account is completely made up. That's hilarious. <laughs> so um, I'm, I'm going to ask because it's my show and I can do whatever the hell I want to. Um, and you can choose to not answer and that's okay too, because it's your life and you can do whatever the hell you want to. Is there Mm -hmm. a story that you feel comfortable sharing from the dating game in life where you, something has happened that will forever be memorable? Good, bad, or indifferent? (laughs) I mean, I'm like, yeah, that's not in my show. Uh, I don't really have any like crazy stories besides the one I wrote about. Can you give us a sneak peek of like one of the scenarios in your show? Um, I mean, I think the thing is, this is what I'll say. Um, the issue with dating apps, and this is what we kind of touch on. It's not, the actual dating app that there's, that's a problem. It's like people just kind of hide who they actually are. Mm-hmm. Um, I just had a fair amount of situations where I was like, wow, you're a completely different person than you. Sorry about the dogs. Um, you're a completely different person than you um, present yourself to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, perfect but like I do kind of like try to be as authentic as I can um so I've just kind of dealt with feeling like damn I like was the real deal for you and you ended up having like this double life where you may or may not have been a stripper and a prostitute oh wow come see the show February kids February we're all gonna go (laughs) oh my god that's hilarious Is there anything in terms of, like, continuity purpose that you've had to drop out of the show that you're like, God, I wish we kept that story but didn't? Um, No, but actually there is something funny in in that in terms of that. So the reason I wrote the show was because I was dating this guy, and it was, like, one of those online dating situations. We met online, and then we dated for, like, three months, and it was really great, and he's super nice, and, like, he, like, was really into, like, cooking these fancy dinners and we like had a good, good, comfortable time together. And 
uh, he ended up stop like blowing me off because he said he was getting back together with his ex-girlfriend, which he never ended up getting back together with, but whatever. I just felt like, so like kind of used by the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I just felt like if you were having second thoughts and talking to your ex, why wouldn't you have said that weeks ago? But this is the problem. People just pretend like they're honest and they're not. Right. <laughs> I'm not jaded. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Ultimately, in the end, that story didn't make it in because it was so boring. Oh, it's okay. like even though he was like the reason why I was like, I need to write a show about online dating because this is ridiculous. Like, but the actual person that I got inspired to write the show, like from, was boring. Was just he was, he was really a boring person. Hey, listen, I think that speaks for itself. Then, like, screw you, sir. You are boring. So there. I know I deal with that I think that like just a tangent like a personal tangent I don't know how you deal with this being like a big personality and being like a really vivacious person but like I'm like so many people are boring to me like in terms of dating like I don't know (laughs) I really like people that are like super interesting but then they can be crazy oh they can they can it it is yeah (laughs) There are, and you know, I think, and in this very divided political world, it's a hit or miss. I'll say that much without going into any details of what recently happened, but (laughs) it's a hit or miss. And sometimes the person you go out to dinner with uses you as target practice and I'll leave it at that. Oh, yeah. yes. It was like, uh, yeah, don't know. Wow. I think that the thing that I like about the show is like, you know, Polly gets out of the relationships when they don't work. And she realizes in the end, you know, that you have to love yourself and you can't just keep chasing something. You know, it, it's, it, you're not going to be happy by just like chasing a relationship. Yeah. And um, I think that, uh, you know, I think it's a lesson for all of us that it's, that it's, it's like, it's always important for us to be like looking inward and like looking at, at what we want and our lives and what's going to make our own personal lives better. I really think people get knocked for being self-absorbed and I think artists do too. And I get knocked for it all the time. Like friends or ex-friends saying stuff about me being self-absorbed, but like, you know, when you're focusing on your personal truth, there's like nothing better than that. Right. It's so true. So. So, so true. And you also, aside from writing shows and producing in your own theater company, you have singles that are out on the iTunes and other platforms. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So I released an album last March titled Beautiful Moment. And it's like, I like to say that the, um, the album beautiful moment is like the story of my early twenties. Um, and they're just like songs of things that I was thinking about love or society. Um, and I, yeah, I have some singles up on Spotify and on Apple music. And I think there's some videos on YouTube that you guys can listen to and I hope you love it. They're incredible. (laughs) My, My music style, um, is very vast, but I'm really proud of that project. It is, you know, it's so interesting you say that it is so vast, but it's so cool because you kind of get, I feel like a good album is you get everything 
in the album. You get the acoustic, you get the pop, you get the modern, you get a little bit of jazz, you get a little bit of everything. And your album yeah. really is that. You get, you give us everything. It's great. I love it. Yeah. And I mean, we had some of the best musicians in LA play on that album and like, it was all recorded with live instruments. There's like basically no like synths or anything or not synths, but, um, like, uh, I don't, what am I trying to say? Like it's not beats or whatever. Like, it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a, like a live produced album. Yep. And, um, and yes, yeah, some of the best musicians in LA played on it. Um, and so I'm very proud of it in that aspect. That's awesome. Sure. You should be. It's a great, great yeah. album. I'm so excited to have it and to be able to listen to it. So you. everybody should get it. So what I want to do now is I want to ask some rapid fire questions because I would love for our listeners to get to know you as a person. Okay. All right, here we go. What is your favorite color? Uh, sage green. <laughs> favorite, uh, favorite TV show? Um... I'm going to be super random. That show Claws on Hulu. Yes. Your favorite candy? <laughs> um, Jolly Rancher. Favorite pre-show meal? Ooh. Um, let's say a big bowl of pasta. Favorite post-show meal? Uh, taco truck. <laughs> Favorite show currently on Broadway? Um, I don't know. I don't know enough about what's on Broadway. I mean, I could say Dear Evan Hansen. That's on Broadway, right? I'll take it. That's wonderful. It's okay. a great show. Uh, Go-to musical genre? Uh, female pop divas. If you could do any other occupation, what would it be? A hairstylist. <laughs> oh my god. Favorite movie? Uh, Pulp Fiction. Favorite cast album you're currently addicted to? Oh, um, <laughs> Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. Yes, it's funny. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite old school Broadway show? Um, uh, Merrily We Roll Along. Guilty Pleasure Snack? Uh, jalapeno potato chips. Ooh, guilty pleasure television show. Um, uh, uh, oh, I don't know. Like, that's goes like old school episodes of the Twilight Zone. Done. I love it. <laughs> Favorite holiday? Um, Christmas. Favorite season? Fall. East Coast, West Coast, or Midwest? West Coast. Favorite vacation spot? Uh, Northern Michigan. Uh, this last question is a three-parter. So favorite ro dream role that you've already played, a dream role that you are currently right for age-wise, and then a future dream role that you want to play when you become a woman of a certain age. Uh, okay, so um, Rapunzel and Into the Woods. Okay. I did that last year. Yeah. Um, and then Maria and the Sound of Music or Mary Poppins. Those are like my two that I yes. really want to play right now. And then um, in the future, I'd love to be the witch in uh, Into the Woods. Yes. When my voice matures. 
I love it. I am so excited for Swiped the Musical. I'm so excited for your singles and all the things that you have going on. And I'm excited to get you East Coast for a little while in February. Um, And I'm excited for everybody to be able to follow you and to be able to watch your journey as you bring Swiped from the West Coast to the East Coast and everywhere in between. And so what I would love is I would love for you to plug yourself. I want to know your website, your Instagram, your Twitter, your all the things. Tell me everything. Awesome. Okay. So it's pretty standard on all platforms. My handle is Elena Bernardi, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And then you can find my website at www.elenabernardi.com. You can watch my YouTube videos at uh, youtube.com slash Elena Bernardi. All the swiped uh, YouTube videos are up as well as all of my lullaby times. And then um, uh, my music videos from my album And I did a little mini vlog series of Swiped, too, where I did, like, the making of Swiped and kind of shows the process. So that's up there also. And, uh, yeah, I think that's all my platforms. Follow me there. That is incredible. We will most certainly do that. I am excited to have started a friendship that now you can't get rid of. So good luck to you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's your own fault. You agreed to this. Um, (laughs) I'm excited to see all that you do. I'm excited for Swiped. I'm excited for your career. And I'm excited to be friends in real life when you come out to New York and do the show. I can't wait. I cannot wait either. If you need anything, let me know. If you have updates on Swipe the Musical and you want to come on a show and talk about them, you are always welcome here. If you want to host an episode, do that. Just let me know and we'll run it and it'll be fantastic. I'm so, so excited for you. I love it. Thank you so much for having me on. This was such a pleasure to talk to you. You're so welcome. And just so our listeners know, it is 11.51 East Coast time, which means it's 8.51. And we started this interview about 35, 40 minutes ago. So the dedication is real that you were up at 8 a.m. excited and hyper to do this interview. And I'm so, so thankful. Thank you. I appreciate you acknowledging that. (laughs) Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. And I'm excited to keep following and watching. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.